0: Let me encourage you this morning to follow along with the notes, but more importantly to answer the questions later on, which we'll get to in a little bit. But let's begin with this. How well do you know your Bible? How many of you knew the story from today? Did you know that story? Most of us did. We remember that story. It's one of my favorite stories. I love love that one with, with Peter and, and the catching of the fish and the sinking of the boats. There's all kinds of stories like that throughout the entire Bible. We aren't going to go through all of them today, but just... But just a couple, how many of you remember the story about the conversion of Paul? You remember that one? Okay, conversion of Paul, remember he was Saul, he was a murderer of Christians, not a real nice guy, and there he is, he's on the road to Damascus, and he's on his horse, and all of a sudden there is a lightning flash, and the word of God echoes in his ear. Uh, Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been riding your horse and, and had you know a lightning strike and you fell off? I've done the falling off part, not the rest of it. Have you had the verse of God, uh, the, the the voice of God say your name loudly so that everyone could hear? No, it's 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 a little hard to relate to, isn't it? You know, I, I haven't had that experience, so you know it's it's a little difficult to uh, to put into our own situation. What about Matthew? You remember the story of Matthew? He's what? He's a tax collector. How many of you are tax collectors? Any tax collectors out here today? Any IRS agents? No. Working for the government, maybe? So, is Matthew loved by all the people? No. Is he hated by all the people? Yes. Are you hated by all the people? I feel sorry for you if you are. Right? Hope not. So, maybe not that situation. He's sitting at his his tax table, just minding his own business, listening to people curse and swear at him. And Jesus comes along and he says what? Follow me. And he just gets up and, and there he goes. So is that how conversion usually works? Jesus comes along and says, just get up and follow me. How are you on decision making? Do you make snap decisions just like that? Or do you, do you like to think about stuff? How about the first time when you're a, a child and you're getting into a swimming pool, were you a, a dive right in the deep end person? Or are you the, put your toe in, put your other toe in, do a little dance, right? You do that one? Yeah, we, we often like to, to think about things. We want to contemplate. We want to weigh our options. So Matthew's a little hard to really relate to as well. What about Nathaniel? Do you, do you remember this story, how Nathaniel was called? No, this is a little more obscure. Philip calls to him and says, hey, Nathan, I got this guy. I think he might be the Messiah. (laughs) Oh, really? That sounds kind of interesting. Where is he from? Nazareth? Can anything what? Good come out of Nazareth? And so, because Jesus said, Well, I saw you under the fig tree. You hadn't believed until then. But because I, I did this supernatural thing, now you believe in me. And what does he say? He says... Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Do you have that kind of Christological formulation right away? First time in Sunday school you came and you knew everything about the Bible? Probably not. So again, a little bit challenging to appreciate. But now we've got Peter. I think this story is so much more satisfying because it's so much more like us. Now, in Matthew and Mark, you have the story told pretty succinctly. They're like that. Jesus says, come follow me. Peter and the others, they lay down their nets on the sand, and away they go. But Luke tells us more. There's more to the story. Peter has heard Jesus preach at least a time or two. He knows who he is generally. He knows that he is a rabbi. He's been studying a little bit. And now, here he is, he's just been out all night fishing. And, as he is listening again to Jesus preach, he goes and he follows him. But before that, we have to remember that Jesus has already been to Peter's house. Do you remember that story? What had happened? Jesus was teaching, kind of like on a Sunday like this at church, but in the synagogue. And he's teaching, and Peter and the others have heard this, and now Peter goes home. To his mother-in-law's house. He hasn't quite launched yet. He's living with his wife and his mother-in-law. and She has a terrible headache. So she did not go along to church with him that day. And Peter says, you know what, mom, mom, yeah, my mother-in-law, she's sick. Maybe you can come home and do something for her. So he does. He goes to her house. And do you remember what it says? It says that he rebuked her fever. Rebu- you know what that's like? Fever, get out of there! That's what that's like. It's shouting at his mother-in-law. That's what has happened so far. And now, there they are. They're on the beach. Peter is dog-tired. He's been fishing all night long. Caught absolutely nothing. How many of you are watching uh, The Chosen uh, through the streaming service? Anybody watching the first? Are you watching the the first series? And you, you know Peter's in trouble, right? Peter's in a lot of trouble. He isn't catching any fish. He has a lot of debt to pay. He's in trouble with the Roman soldiers. You can imagine this whole scenario. He is that desperate person that Monica was talking about before. And so they've been fishing all night. They haven't caught anything. He hears Jesus over there teaching again. And he goes, okay, maybe. Maybe I'll catch a a word or two. Maybe I'll catch a nap because I can't catch any fish. Wash the nets. And then Jesus, because the crowd is all backing down, and he's got no place to go. He jumps in Peter's boat. And then, well, you know, this is Peter's boat, so he gets in too, and he says, what's going on? he said, let's go out to deeper water. And he says, man, it's, it's too late for that. We've been fishing all night. We haven't caught a thing. Everyone knows that you've got to be in the shallow water, and you've got to do it at night. But here is the key. He says, master, Because you say so. I'll do it. He knows something about Jesus. He has sensed this from his teaching. He's not just a carpenter from Nazareth. He is so much more, and so he is obedient. And then we know the rest of the fish story, right? They catch so many fish that the nets begin to break. They have to call in their partners, James and John. So many fish that the boats are about to sink. So, here's the question. Which is the greater miracle? The catching of all these fish or for Peter to follow Jesus? All right, great fish story, but what about you? What's your story? Someday, 2,000 years from now, are we going to be talking about your story in a church like this one? Where the pastor will get up and say, remember that great story about your name? I certainly hope that that is true. You know, so often we have, this, we have this, this, this unfounded mythology about the disciples, that they were these great men, that they always did everything right, that they followed Jesus from the get-go, that they were always obedient, that they were never questioning. But that's not the case at all, is it? How qualified were these men? Had any of them ever been to seminary? No. Had any of them ever been to a theological, a theological school? No. They hadn't even been to a Sunday school like most of you have. They were not qualified to follow, let alone lead. And you can go through the entire Bible and see this same scenario. Everyone always had an excuse. What did Abraham say? I'm too old. He's in his hundreds before he answers the call of God. What about Jeremiah? Just the opposite. I'm too young. There's Moses. I don't talk very well. Can you send Aaron along with me? He's a good talker. Mary. I'm a woman. That was unheard of back in the day. There is no excuse that Jesus has not already heard. So what's yours? What's your excuse? Anybody here going to be a pastor? Raise your hand. What? Nobody? Anybody here going to be a servant? Ah, a little better. So what can you do? What are you called to do? Well, first of all, you are called to be a child of God. The cross beckons you the blood of Jesus has already covered all of your sins we were once an enemy of God and yet now we are called to be his children we are called to be a part of his family it's like Thea was here through the waters of holy baptism she's now a child of God she is called to be his servant to follow him just as every single one of you have been so what can you do Anybody want to come up here and preach the rest of the sermon today? You could do that. How about and uh, go out and make evangelism calls this week? Can you do that? Teach Sunday school next fall. We've only got one more week left this year, but you could do that. How about vacation Bible school? How many of you are signed up to serve in a vacation Bible school? Anybody? Something that you could do? Does anybody out there love children? Raise your hand. You could do that. Yeah, you could, you could do vacation Bible school. How qualified do you need to be? What kind of experience do you need? What kind of a degree do you have to have? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you are parents out there? Raise your hand. Okay, what kind of courses did you take before that first baby came along? Did you take lots of courses? Did you go to school for that one? No, the baby came after nine months of like, oh my Lord, what are we going to do? And the thing pops out and like, oh, I have to get it a diaper and I got to feed it and do this and do that. You had very little, if any, experience at all. And yet, you were called to be that parent. You are called to be a servant of God. You're already his child, and now he calls you to serve. And yet, we all have our excuses. I'm not qualified. I haven't had enough experience. I don't have the skill. I don't have the talent. I don't have the time. I can't do that. Well, here's the good news. Simon Peter, after he saw this tremendous miracle, and he realizes who Jesus could be, that he is the Savior, that he is the Messiah, that he is the anointed one, that God is called. And he falls down in the boat onto his knees, and he says, I'm not good enough. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. You will no longer be a fisher man, but a fisher of men. If God can call Simon Peter, who is inadequate in all that he has done, who later tries to control every aspect of his life, even telling Jesus that he should not go to the cross, If God can call a Peter, if God can call an ordinary fisherman to be a pillar of the church, to write the gospel of Mark as he dictated the words of the Lord. If God can use him to be a martyr for the faith, he can use every single one of us. Probably noticed this morning that there is a fishing pole up here. Makes sense, because we are talking about fishing for people here today, so it's always good to have a little object lesson. But this is not just any fishing pole. Some of you might recognize this. This is the fishing pole of Bill Frank. Some of you may know that it was five years ago On May the 13th, that Bill Frank went to be with the Lord. So I brought his fishing pole, the same one that he last used over five years ago, as our object lesson for today, to show you that God can use anyone. And I mean anyone to be his servant. When I got here 16 years ago, one of the very first things that I did was to go fishing. Because I love to fish, but I never catch anything. I grew up on a farm. We had lots of farm ponds, and I would go out and fish, which was a nice pastime, but I rarely caught anything. So Bill invites me to go with him. And so we go out on Crystal Lake, and we're there in his boat, and he hands me this very fishing pole, and he'd already put the bait on it. He'd already put the worm on there, and we're there on the boat, and he says, Pastor, cast over there. So I did. In about a minute or so, I got a bite, reeled it in, caught my fish. Bill was gracious. He took the thing off the hook and he said, put another worm on there. And he said, Pastor, why don't you uh, cast over there? So I did that. A couple more minutes. Again, got a bite. Pulled the thing in. And so it was all day long. I caught more fish in that hour or so that we were out on the lake than I had in my entire Why? Because Bill knew how to fish. He had the experience. He knew the right bait. He knew where to fish. But Bill was also a fisher of people. Every Saturday morning, or nearly every Saturday morning, Bill would stop by my house. He would bring me my McDonald's cup of coffee. And we would go out and we would visit people. Some of you were probably recipients of one of those visits. Bill and I would go and we'd simply show up to those homes of people who had been here the previous Sunday for the first time or maybe the second time. And we would go out and and we would visit them. And Bill would simply be Bill. He didn't have experience in doing this. He hadn't gone to school to do this. He hadn't memorized the right lines. He just simply loved Jesus and he wanted to share that with others. And if people had prayer requests, pray for my health or pray for my grandmother or pray for my kids or pray for this or pray for that. He would simply pray for them right there on the spot. Bill Frank, a fisher of people who gave up the control of his life to do what God had called him to do. How many times do you have little voices in your head that tell you to to do a particular thing? And do you listen to that voice? Because it could be the voice of God. Now in my house, it's also the voice of my wife. And so I do listen to that because she has first listened to God and she tells me what to do. And it almost always works out. Go see this person. Go talk to that person. They're hurting. They need an encouraging word from the Lord. Simon Peter, Bill Frank, someday your name will be mentioned as well. As a servant of God, as a fisher of people, the greatest calling that we could ever have. No more excuses. I don't have the time. I'm not experienced enough. I don't have the training I'm not adequate, because Jesus is. He is the one who makes every one of us good enough to do his will. We're going to close with a little story, and in the seminary they taught us never to do this. I'm going to mix my metaphors, so sorry about that. We're going to switch from fishing to another illustration. There's a man by the name of Dr. John Hubbard. He was a the president of the University of Southern California many years ago. He was on a trip to a leadership seminar in Dallas, and there he met the famous coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Dr. Tom Landry. Anybody ever heard of Tom Landry? Yeah, some of you. So he was there, and he was so enamored, he went up after the conference, and Tom Landry gave John Hubbard a polo shirt with the insignia of the Dallas Cowboys on it. So John Hubbard goes back home to Los Angeles and a few weeks later he's out playing golf on a golf course and the caddy there notices that he is wearing that very polo shirt. And so he asks him, he says, sir, are you the coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Well, he was flattered by that. But he says, no, but I'm kind of like a scout. So the caddy says, well, you know, I play football. He was there at the local junior college. He was playing football, and he says, you know, someday, do you think that I could play for you and the Dallas Cowboys? Well, he's trying to be encouraging, so John Hubbard says, well, you know, if you keep working at it, you know, things work out right, you know, keep trying, maybe you too can get into the NFL. Well, at the end of the round, he had felt kind of guilty about giving him this false encouragement, so he says, I tell you what, I will give you this polo shirt. And you can wear it. But I think it's, well, honestly, it's just, it's a little bit too big for you. And the caddy, a very wise young man, he said, that's all right, sir. I'll wear it until it fits. You are called to be fishers of people. It is why God has put you here on this earth so that others might know the love of Jesus Christ as you already do. Even if you don't feel like you are trained well enough, that you are good enough, continue to wear that mantle until it fits. And someday, not for your glory, but for the glory of God there will be a story about how you too had a great catch of people. May God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's all rise for prayer.